Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Matt Lieb. And I'm Vince Mancini. And this is Pod, Pod Yourself, Yourself the Wire. Good job. Hey, the Wire podcast where Vince Mancini and I go through every single episode of The Wire and, and talk, talk about, about it. it. So excited to have you guys joining us once again for the world's only The Wire podcast. The Wire. <clears throat> the Wire, <laughs> a show about how uh, sometimes kids fight. I don't know, dog. I've had a busy week. I've had a very busy week. Just got back from Thanksgiving. Mm. Um, usually, I have you know, uh, like written some some stuff to say mm. up top, but this time I I couldn't even get a sentence out without my voice cracking. It's been so, so long since since thanksgiving i don't know it took you so long it's just yeah i know it's been so long it's just one turkey man dude i made the best turkey it was dope um uh-huh i did it for my mother-in-law's 80th birthday hmm. yeah it was her 80th slash thanksgiving okay and after the meal she went up to me and she said matthew the turkey was delicious and i said thank you and the gravy and the stuffing amazing i said thank you she said the one thing I'm unhappy about <laughs> was that you threw away the carcass. Oh, yeah. You threw away I the did, carcass? I didn't throw away the carcass. Oh, yeah. I want to make that absolutely clear. Mm -hmm. And yet I I got chewed out for it. And I just, all I could think was like, you know, this is Thanksgiving. Yeah, not not Thanksgiving. Yep, there you go. Yeah, thanks grievancing. <laughs> so I just want to say so that- wait, You cooked a turkey? I, I always cook the turkey. I'm very good at cooking turkey, Vince. I know I look like meek and like I look, I understand you know me as guy who eat McDonald. Yeah. Well, guy who eat cereal, put milk in freezer cereal. first. Milk in freezer first, then put non cereal and milk. then push down through the ice layer. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Skim milk. I know. I seem like a strange guy to be guy who makes uh, turkey and stuffing. And I guess it's gravy. nice that you're particular about your cereal. Like maybe you apply that. Uh, I do. Your sense I do. of being particular to your uh, foul. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. I'm very particular. I know what's good. And so because of that, my turkey tastes almost better than cereal that's first been frozen mm. and then pushed down. That's impressive. <laughs> it's just, so, it is hard to picture you eating like real food. I know that because you know me as guy who ate McDonald and I feel like I it's have, more than that. Yeah, but I've that's like the vibe that I put out there and I want to tell people <laughs> that I and, am more than that. I'm yeah. more than a Taco Bell. Okay. Okay. Give us five stars in review on all of the platforms. Okay. Today we're going to be talking about from season four of The Wire, episode 12, That's Got His Own. And our guest today, you know him from the great podcast, Jort Center. You know him on Twitter as at Waffle House and 
other names. Ladies and gentlemen, our guest today is Will Christy Yamaguchi Maine. Hey, what's up, fellas? Thanks How for having doing, me. How you doing, dog? Appreciate it. Appreciate it. So and yes, happy. Matt, you, you have uh, many layers to your, your food, yes. uh, you know, lifestyle. So some would say seven layers, even, you know, yeah. like, yeah. uh, he's a guy like who to likes a burrito. to live moss. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. No, I mean, listen, the, first of all, I, I appreciate the shout out to seven layer dip. One of the best dips. Cause it's got more than one layer. Sure. Um, and I very much so many am levels. like that. What's like that? The, it works on so many levels, like the wire. Exa- oh, dude, you brought it back around yeah, beautiful. to the show that worked. Well, who do you think, if you were to choose a wire character that you mm. think could would be the best at cooking a turkey, mm. who would it be? Who would it be? I would say uh, it's got to be hmm, Jay, maybe. Jay Landsman? Mm. Yeah, yes. yeah. Sergeant? Yes. Yeah, I, I would. I would yeah. put him up. I could just see him in the apron and yes. like being in charge of his kitchen, you know. And maybe I'm okay. Look, I'm I'm a portly gentleman myself, so I'm mm-hmm. allowed to say this. Like, yes. dudes, dudes, uh, uh, he's a big guy. You know what he I mean? He looks like maybe, he can eat. Yeah, Let's maybe I'm maybe I'm doing the fat guy thing there. No, uh, you're no, right. no sh- But but no he he looks like he'd be in control of that situation. He does uh, look he is, like he'd wear an apron that said like. Uh, Kiss the chef, but yeah. instead of a chef, it was a dick in a chef's hat. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> or just like, an arrow pointing down to his yeah, dick. Yeah, 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 yeah. pointing down yeah. to his <laughs> dick. Like yeah. he definitely would. He would pornography it mm-hmm. in a way. He but doesn't he'd also strike me as like the best cook, but he hmm. is so like uh, straightforwardly theatrical that I could see him really getting into character and getting into this the spirit of Thanksgiving and just sort I- of embracing mm-hmm. the corniness for all it's you worth. know those but you know those guys that you know they're they're usually dads and they have like one specialty you know mm, they, yes. they like they make one specific dish on the grill or you know or around the holiday season i could see like deep frying a turkey for for jay being the thing that he could and he doesn't cook any other meal the rest of the yes. year but yes. he knocks that shit out of the park to the point where everybody like his his extended family come to his house for thanksgiving just because he does that 100%. one thing you know mm-hmm. and nothing else i i yeah. agree completely he he does seem like he would he would get really good at the one thing whereas like yeah. at first i would have said like freeman like oh yeah freeman you know he's all the pieces matter. Yeah, I mean, sure, sure. He's meticulous. You know? Yeah, he he's would meticulous. He, but he's like he's like a like he knows French dishes and shit. Yes, you know what I mean? Like exactly he's a refined. Right. He he is a chef in the kitchen. You know, yes. he's like getting down to the science of shit. Right. He's not. He's not interested in the classics. Right. Like he would yeah, do I a stuffing that has rice in it or him. something. Yeah. yeah. And we'd be like a rice stuffing, and he'd be like, "Trust me." And then yeah. he'd eat it, and you'd be like, "It's good, but I'm not here for new. I'm here <laughs> exactly. for exactly." Yeah, he co- he cooks a duck for Thanksgiving. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yes, like yes. that's 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 Lester's uh, that's Lester's whole bag. See, yeah. when you talk about a guy having like one thing that he cooks well, like I could see Herc. I, that feels like a, Ooh, a Herc, Herc thing, just Ooh, having yeah. like one or two things that he does really well. But it's like kielbasa or something. Like it's, yeah. it's yeah. you know yeah, what I mean. Yeah, yeah. Like it's it's something. It's something more along, like for game days or something, like during the football mm-hmm. season. Uh, he does you know, feel when the Ravens stupid. are playing. Yeah, yeah he's got. <laughs> yes, Herc has like a famous Rio Grande beef chili recipe that he <laughs> whoops out for the Super Bowl every year. Yeah. Yes, and he, he just goes, makes it's my fucking Rio Grande beef chili. Yeah, <laughs> fucking. He makes a, a good queso dip. Like he, yes. like one of my friends learned how to make queso dip. 
Uh, and it was like one of the first things that he learned how to cook. And mm. he made like a one of those big like pasta pots mm. full of queso dip. Oh, that rules. And he just kept it in his fridge for like a week and would just like sort of take it out, heat it up, eat some of it, and then put the leftovers uh, back in the fridge. Yeah, you just like dip a coffee mug in it and then stick that <laughs> in the microwave. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, you just ladle it out like a little bit at a time. He, just, he went queso crazy for like a good week. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, this was the same uh, roommate I had who, as I was leaving the house, like around 11 a.m., I overheard him ordering Chinese food um, oh, uh, delivery. Yeah. And then I came back at like 5, 6 p.m. and he was on the phone with the Chinese delivery place again. And he said, hey, you know that thing I ordered earlier today? Can I just get that again? <laughs> <laughs> they know his voice. They like yeah. like he doesn't he doesn't say who he is. Yeah. They don't have to ask like what address this is going to. Remember just me? like hey yeah you remember I, I literally called you six hours ago. Seamless on speed dial. Yeah. Just like oh we know we know who you are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. do like I I've gone through those phases where I learn how to cook something for the first yeah. time and it's so fucking good that I just cook it. Like at least like once or twice a week for the next month and a half until mm-hmm. I am yes. sick of it until I can't, yeah. like I, I will puke at the smell of it mm-hmm. uh, and then not be able to cook it again for like the next five or six years until I've 100%. gotten it out of my mind. You got to perfect it, you know, and then you got to burn yourself out on it. Yeah, it's the only real way to know. I did that with a Greek lasagna. I like mm. made this Greek Ooh. lasagna from this like moose wood fucking moussaka. Cook- no, it's like a cookbook. Uh, it was, I forget, I think it was called Moosewood Cookbook. Mm. And no, I was talking like about this, the dish, but okay. I don't know. It's just called, it says Greek lasagna mm, okay. on the page. Sure. It's probably, there's probably some Greek name for it, but they're not going to bother me with it. And, uh, you know, and it was the most delicious thing I'd ever made. So I just kept making it. Every time, like, my parents would come over or something and be like, you guys want lasagna? <laughs> and then, yeah. And then uh, after a while, I just got to a point where I was like, making it so much that uh i felt like francesca was gonna leave me <laughs> oh so this, was, this was recent this was yeah no, this was like last 22. week yeah <laughs> I, I thought this was like a college story or something like, like it was like his first time cooking on his own or some shit and he was like nope no, i was 30 something <laughs> this is my recent getting into a greek lasagna story 37 <laughs> year old discovers pasticcio <laughs> new on buzzfeed uh, but this is not a show about <laughs> Greek lasagna. No, this is a show about The Wire. And we, of course, cannot start the show without first playing the theme song. Podcast. Podcast. School children. Season four. All right, ladies and gentlemen, and everyone else. Once again, today we're talking about from season four of The Wire, episode 12. That's got his own. Uh, Strangest title of a Wire episode. I don't don't really get it. Do they say it in the show? Is that a. I missed that line if they said it. It's probably like some cool song. Mm, Yeah. And if we like knew it. And here's the thing. If we were any other podcast, we'd Google it. I mean, it's one of those questions that I forgot that I had until you said it again. 
Right. I definitely listened for that line in the show yep. and then forgot I was supposed to listen for that line and then yes. don't remember them saying it at all. Yeah, I don't. That's got his own. Uh, uh, Billy Holiday, apparently. It's a. Oh, oh is that right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah that still's not going to help. Anyways, this episode came out December 3rd, 2006. Vince, break us off a little bit. Lester Freeman is fighting with the brass over whether he can open an almost literal can of worms. Mayor uh, Carchetti is trying to figure out how much of his reform agenda will be doomed by a massive school budget debt. Mm. Bunny Colvin tries to save his program. Naaman accepts, accepts once and for all that he'll never be a gangster. Yep. Bubbles comes up with a great plan to escape a predator, and Omar commits arguably his greatest act of war yet. That is exactly what happens in the episode. But Vince, there's something more important than mm. that. What? Go on. It's Tell me. What happened Please. at the time that the episode came out? That's as you right. know. Yeah, that's right. We are about to evaluate art. And uh, as you know, we cannot evaluate art divorced from its cultural context. You can't. We got to put some of that cultural context back in. in. And we do that with a little thing that we like to call the back in the day machine. It's a bad time for newspapers. The news hole is shrinking as advertising dollars continue to decline. There ain't no back in the day. Machine tells the tale, son. All right. Yeah. Today we're going all the way back to December 3rd, 2006. Okay. Year of our Lord. Year of our uh, Lord. Some of the things that were going on. Uh, mm -hmm. Attacks kill at least 51 in Baghdad. 51 so, people. Mm -hmm. Just people. Yeah. Yeah. I want to know which side got hurt the most. <laughs> so he knows whether to feel bad or not. Yeah. I need to know. Yeah. I mean, it was 51. I don't know. They, you know, I don't have the full article here, but, uh, but sometimes they just tell, they say Americans and then like the Iraqis, it's like 150, but yeah, well, I'll assume that's all Iraqis who died. Uh, but Hugo Chavez was, uh, buoyed by a booming economy and, that's uh, right. one reelection in Venezuela. God bless him. Cool guy. And then he got killed by the CIA. That's <laughs> <laughs> They gave him cancer. Well, mm -hmm. get up. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. There's ways, man. You don't want to know. They they went from the heart attack gun to the cancer gun. They went to That's the cancer yep, gun. Yep. yep. Mm -hmm. Also known as smoking cigarettes. Mm-hmm. Uh -huh. Lung uh, darts. That's what that, that's why, yep. where that name comes from. Yep, yep, yep. Um, we got uh the, the New York Times actually published around this time they would publish jokes from late night. Oh, uh, I love that. These are, I these love are that. Give you a nice little so they That's were doing Twitter. So this was like a few mm -hmm. years before Twitter started. So they were just doing, they were just sharing clips. Yeah. Yeah. Like, this, yeah. okay. All right. Uh, so sense. here's a few of the late night jokes of the period. Uh, David Letterman. President Bush is trying to raise $500 million for the Bush Presidential Library. Not just mm -hmm. a library. It will also contain a think tank. Because when you think George W. Bush, you think thinking. Am I right? <laughs> did it really end with am i right <laughs> that's the question i have sure did look you had to know people had to know that you were making a joke i always need a verbal signal that says joke over yes, yes. it's yeah, a call to true. action then your yeah, action yeah. is laughing. am i right he is right <laughs> also that's i right. think of i do think of tanks more than i think of thinking uh right yeah. george w bush i feel like that's that i feel like the Missed joke could have been you know i think they were trying bit. to go for that writerly misdirect but they didn't like you know you wrote it the same day they didn't write I bet it, like, yeah i bet it sounded real good when he said it though is this that's yeah. letterman it's all about delivery yeah. I bet he showed his weird teeth, and then Paul was like, ha-ha, played a little <laughs> bit on the piano. 
Oh, those were the days, guys. Mm. Uh, other Letterman jokes. The United States, now listen to this, has banned the sale of iPods to North Korea. And oh, you did thought they right President- now listen to this in the description. They didn't sick that. They didn't, <laughs> they didn't ellipses no, through that. No, no. no, they want to make sure you understand the inflection. Okay, mm-hmm. got it. Mm-hmm. Keep going. And you thought President Bush didn't have a plan. Oh, I missed the setup. <laughs> they banned the sale of iPods to North Korea. Mm. Yeah. Oh, the wait. So okay. So that's the setup, and the the punchline was, and you thought President Bush didn't have a plan. Yeah. Yep. That's the. I miss that guy, man. Letterman, (laughs) just truly. Uh, A historical day today. On this day in 1947, the UN voted to partition Palestine and create the state of Israel. Well, I'm glad they settled that. That's that's pretty (laughs) funny. Yeah. Yeah. Topical. Very topical. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. That 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 works uh, then and now. Yeah, so you're t- wait, you're telling me there has been issues there, like, since before the past couple months? Yeah, no, apparently, um, and this is news to me, too. Okay. Um, October 7th um, was just one in a series of things that have ha- had happened. Oh. I'm, I'm writing a book about it. I had okay, never, I, I had never up, heard of the place. Uh, yeah. I, I would get it mixed up with Pakistan well, before. Yeah, yeah. different place. Yeah. Different place. Okay, uh, okay. Uh, and they'll make Palindromes. it all clear in my book. <laughs> the Philippines. My, my book, uh, What Had Happened Was, mm-hmm. the story of Israel-Palestine. Uh, Conan, here's a Conan O'Brien joke. Oh, here we go. I hope it writes <clears> in the part where he, uh, he moves his hips like he's being controlled like a puppet, but then he cuts one of the strings. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> President Bush is putting together his presidential library, and apparently the library is going to cost $500 million, which will work out to $100 million a book. <laughs> oh, that's okay. That's math. Good. You know, he did yeah. it. Math. No, yeah. I got that. Uh, Jay Leno. Uh, here's some bad news. Walmart has reported that its pre-Christmas sales were down in November. Well, thank God that doesn't affect anything made in America. That's a I thinker. Mean, you guys will get that topical, on the way home. Like yeah. political. And, you know, <laughs> I just like hearing these jokes. It just makes Gee, me really, really regret that um, I've ruined my chance at writing any of these jokes for TV <laughs> by constantly criticizing Israel. <laughs> Yeah, sad days. Sad days. Sad days. Uh, sad to be days. fair, you never had a chance before. I never had a chance yeah. before. But now Not you have enough. like a. Now you have a. Now I have a reason to pretend like I could have. You yes, built principles exactly. for yeah. you to stand on while you were previously on an island, which is that's right. Nice. Yeah, Matt, you have the opportunity to now go on in the uh, the like canceled. Oh, book dude. tour mm-hmm. like like yes. you know tape over my mouth that says censored exactly yes. exactly like you need oh. to milk that uh, for milk all that. it's worth you need, need to do to. the uh yeah. the you know i mean all those daily wire and the blaze like go on the, those shows well the you problem gotta, is you all those shows next love album. israel <laughs> <laughs> you gotta call your next album like you can't say that on television yeah, yeah. too, yeah, hot, right, too right. hot to handle the mad yeah, yeah, story yeah 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 uncancelable <laughs> Uh, that's a word. <laughs> L- love it or leave it. Yeah, yeah, love it or leave it, dog. Yeah, no, I mean, you know, that's the thing. Is like uh, the problem with that persona is you get a bunch of friends you don't want. Yeah, they're like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that is true about Israel. Now say something about black people. Yeah. Like, no. <laughs> no, no, they do control everything. We uh, hate women, right? Right. Uh, talk, yeah. talk about the right, women guys? and the black. They're always trying to fuck our women. You know. <laughs> uh, I like to I always like to end. 
the back in the day machine with a, a, a weird story from the New York Post. Mm-hmm. Um, see if you guys can figure out what the hell is going on with this one. Uh, headline, right. sacked in sex shock, teach reported duo. Man, no idea. So sacked far. in sacked sex shop. In sex shop, teach reported duo. Mm-hmm. Okay, so a teacher got fired for being in a sex shop. Shock. Wait. Oh, a sex shock? Read sex the- shock, yeah. <laughs> Sacked in sex shock. Teach Sacked reported in- duo. Okay, Teach so reported- was it a teacher oh. having an affair with a yeah. student? All right, I'm going to read it to you because it's, okay. it's not explainable. First she got flashed, then she got fired. A substitute teacher got the axe from a Manhattan high school after she reported walking into an attendance office where a female assistant principal stood by as a male aide, quote, washed his private part in a small sink, she says. (laughs) Well, what's wrong with that? Mm-hmm. It was saying men can't have hobbies now, or yeah, yeah. I know. What, what men can't have a clean dick. Oh, you say you, want, you don't like it when they're dirty, but now you don't like it when they're clean. Also, why has it got to be a small sink? Yeah. <laughs> it's not the size, size of the sink; it's how much water shade, it makes. Definitely shade being thrown there. Yeah, I know. It was horrible to see that, Norris Perez said of the alleged dirty display at the high school for international business and finance in Washington Heights. <laughs> he knows what I saw. There's mm-hmm. an international and business and finance high school. And I bet their football team sucks. Sucks, straight up. Sucks. Yeah. Yeah, I, bet th- I bet they beat the math kids. Uh, <clears throat> as requested by her superiors, Perez wrote a description of the alleged indecent exposure. But she was shocked to learn two weeks ago that the principal has banned her from teaching at the school. What? The two staffers she saw in the locked office remain on duty. The post is withholding their names. It's false. It's not true, the female assistant principal said yesterday. Why would that happen early in the morning in the attendance office with teachers coming into the school? She refused to say more. The male aide reached at the school Friday and was told by supervisors not to comment. I told the truth. I didn't do anything wrong, said Perez, 46, who had worked regularly at the school for four years, teaching math to Spanish-speaking students. Mm. I want my job back. I want to clear my name, said Perez, who has since found a job at a Bronx school. Why why is her name not clear? Because she filed the complaint. I don't know. Uh, Officials could not explain why Principal Juan Alvarez requested that Perez is no longer called to substitute for our school, as he stated in a November letter. The letter was sent to three other principals in high schools housed at the George Washington Educational Complex. Uh, The Department of Education's Office of Special Investigation is now looking into the alleged retaliation against Perez. Uh, the alleged incident unfolded when Perez arrived at... The, I like how they have to recount it twice. Yeah, yeah. Tell uh, us again. The alleged incident unfolded when Perez arrived to the school at about 7.20, she said. After picking up lesson plans in the main office, she went to the attendance office to put away her coat and purse. The office was locked, but when she heard noise inside, Perez said, she knocked on the door for four or five minutes, calling for someone to open up, she wrote in Spanish in her statement obtained by the Post. Mm-hmm. I mean, four minutes, so, five minutes seems like a long time. That's a, a lot, lot of time running. to knock. Yeah, it's like you're pounding. You're yeah. Uh, finally, Hello? the assistant. <laughs> don't yeah. You don't have to. <laughs> I was gonna do it for five minutes. Just yeah. Also, that's a, a long actor. time to wash your dick too. Yeah. Yeah. I imagine that you... she thinks what happened was uh, some dirty stuff happened, and sure. The, mm-hmm. And instead of just like okay, somehow. okay, she's been knocking for five minutes. Let's stop. He was like, well, I got to wash my dick. <laughs> also, why do you have to wash your dick? Like, I, I, 
There's, also, what do you got a sink there for? For dick if washing. not to wash your dick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Finally, the assistant principal opened the door. Excuse me, I didn't know you were here, the startled Perez said, she told the woman. Perez then walked into the room, she said, and saw the male aide leaning against a small sink in the corner, his fly unzipped, and his genitals fully exposed. He was washing his private part, she wrote. His dick and his balls out? She said private part, so it may may have just been his dick, like his balls were still tucked into the pants. Still tucked into the... Yeah, well, that's good. He's like, no, I can have smelly balls. It's my dick. It's going to be... It'll be suspicious if my dick was stinky, but if my balls smell clean, that's even more suspicious. It's not a jury in the world could (laughs) convict me. Um... Wow, that's that was in the post, huh? Yeah. That was the last sentence. He was watching. I need to know if she part. got her job back, though. I need. Yeah, I, need yeah, I know. I am kind of. I'm interested. I, uh, like, Vince, can you send me the link to that story at some point? Oh, and then, okay, yeah, I'm gonna. Definitely. We'd like to follow, follow up on yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. We may. Where, you know, where are they at now? Twenty years later. Yeah, yeah. So I want you to do a follow up. Lady who got in trouble for seeing guy clean dick. She's dead. Uh, joined ISIS or something like you know relevant. <laughs> so that's to remember. That's the back of the day machine. Uh, Vince, you gave us a lot of good context. Honestly, you gave us you know something very wire related in terms mm. of uh, teachers and the dramas, the everyday dramas of yeah. being uh, an inner city uh, teacher. Mm-hmm. You got to deal know. with low budgets. Uh, yeah. bad parents, uh, dirty dicks, lower mm-hmm. expectations. And yeah. And, uh, sometimes and, and, and a bullshit system that will railroad the wrong person, you exactly. know, uh, not the people that need to get fired, but That's right. the, the innocent bystanders that are just trying to 100%. do the right thing, do the right thing by report dicks and sinks when they see them. Exactly. She's a regular Randy Wagstaff. Exactly. And you know what? She's being treated mm. as one. It's true. Yeah. Um, this week, uh, I, I, uh, like I said, I have a very th- busy Thanksgiving. I don't have, I don't know what song will be the Balmer B story this week, but I'm hoping that by the end of the episode, I come up with something like, and it's just like, yeah, that'll be good. There but, was a uh, Limp Biscuit reference in this episode that jumped out was? at me and I didn't write it down. And now I don't remember what it there was. There was a Limp Biscuit reference. Like something reminded me of Limp Biscuit. Like someone mm. said something that, uh, break your fucking face tonight. Yeah, I, I feel like I could that. just pancake a youngin. That one? I no. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of Limp Biscuit references in that's, just daily yeah, life. That's true, yeah. They're a very relatable band that way. Um, but yeah, something will come up and by the end of oh, the you episode know what it was? I think it was, was it? it was like a gump. A like a gump. A <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. God damn it. If you make me do Limp that's Biscuit, really good. I will kill myself. Because uh, that is the insult that Canard discovers. Yes, and, yes it was. And Naaman decides and Naaman to adopt uses. Own, Naaman yeah. uses. He uses it in like the next couple scenes. I love yeah. that because that's like the classic thing where someone calls you something and you're like, what the fuck are you talking about, bro? And yeah, then the next time a, you're in an argument, you immediately call someone else that. It, something like, that hurts you and you're mm-hmm. like, I hate this and it's stupid and what are you even talking about? And then you're like, I can't wait to do this to somebody else. <laughs> oh, I'm going to call the first gump I see a gump. <laughs> So um, I guess is that just it's is this a reference to Forrest Gump? Or like, it's gotta, gotta be, yeah. gotta be, right? I, I remember people calling me a gump okay. when I was uh, younger. You, you and are kind of a gump. I'm kind of a gump. I get it. You, you know, I gump like qualities. I've got gumpish. I have. Uh, You've got v- gumption. 
I've got gumption, but like and the good I'm gump gumpy. qualities, like wide-eyed and kind of innocent. And, yeah, and yeah. Lovable. I'm mostly intuitiveness. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Guy who ends up accidentally being in the middle of history every yeah. few the minutes. Really Ability fast too. Yeah. People don't understand how fast Matt Lieb is. I'm so fast. Like not man. smart, but running. able to master a task. Sure. Once I, has I'm it. not a smart man, but I know what poo poo tastes like. <laughs> That's my favorite line. <laughs> <laughs> you guys seen Forrest Gump? Remember when he says that? That's true, he did. He did. Forrest, the why is there dog shit all over your face? I'm not a smart man. Forrest. I know what poo poo tastes like. That's all I have to say about that. Um, yeah, no, is uh, we learned about a gump. We <laughs> Kennard, Kennard calls him a gump. There's a lot going on in this episode. <laughs> A lot going on. It's a very, uh, it's a very good episode. Uh, let's get some general thoughts, Vince. What did you think of this episode? Ah, oh, I mean, classic, just kicking the testicles episode. Yeah. Um, this is obviously has echoes of where Wallace at. Uh, mm-hmm. Supposedly, they would bring in George Pelicanos to to write the second to last episode of every season and right. he would always come in and like kill off an innocent character. Yeah. And uh yeah, I still feel like Omar is uh slightly superfluous to the fl- to the plot uh in this season, but uh overall I would say fantastic episode uh yeah. when you finally realize that no, there is not a new day coming to Baltimore. It's just going to yeah. be the same, same old shit and same old day. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Will, a.k.a. Christy Yamaguchi, main. what did you think of this episode? It was really good. It, it brought me back to all of the reasons I need to go back and watch The Wire from the beginning again. I've watched it like, see, I, I originally watched it on the, the DVD box set um, when yeah. it first came out. Uh, that was like the thing I would buy myself for Christmas every year yeah. uh, from Best Buy. I would yeah. get a gift certificate and... Uh, and I've got to I've got to go back and start from the beginning because all of the all of the storylines, the things that they hinted at, uh, it was just it was bringing back a flood of memories. And it's a it's a damn good episode. Um, you've got the you've got, you know, Lester kind of like finally, you know, piecing together the the row houses and the nail mm-hmm. gun. And you got Naaman finally, you know, like owning up to the fact he doesn't want anything to do with his life. Yeah. Michael kind of finally like the nail in the coffin of him being, uh, you know, who he, who he turns into. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's gut wrenching. The, the, the scene where Carver's walking away from Randy in the hospital. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, that's the where Wallace at scene. Oh uh, my God, man. Sure. It's, it's, it's heartbreaking. I, yeah. sorry. I wanted to say that I feel like the Herc storyline, uh, is particularly, evocative to me like i i feel like it does a great job of uh explaining like why herc is such a fuck up without necessarily like he's sort of comical but he you can tell he's not like a bad intentioned guy it's just that he's come up through the ranks uh being inculcated with the idea that you know job one is to protect the brotherhood yeah of police so like when he's in a position to uh like jump on the grenade in order to protect other cops like he's the first guy to do it uh but when it comes to like figuring out how to protect the people he's actually supposed to be policing 
He's like notably terrible at it, and that's sort of like the <laughs> the, the funny dichotomy. He doesn't even think of it. Doesn't yeah. even, it didn't even, doesn't even occur to him. But yeah, yeah, so that's to me that's like still like the interesting dichotomy of uh, police departments is because like I have this like I'm sort of I'm jealous of the solidarity that they have with each other, even while recognizing that uh, it's, it's bad. It's, yeah, it's a bad, ba- it's bad yeah. for the rest of us. In the, no, yeah, yeah, in, yeah, yeah. But I would ways. be. It'd be nice to have it in any other job yeah uh, yeah well yeah that's like what the rotary club or like the kiwanis club is for like the you know the uh you you know the the vfw hall or some shit you know it's like ideally that's that's where you can find things like that but yeah hurt he looks those rotarians uh, have never gotten me out of jam one yeah so you know (laughs) uh those uh like, like herc views this what he does as like a team sport Yes. And in a team yeah. sport, you're not looking out for the other team and the other team in his mind are like citizens and non-cops. So he is strictly looking out for police officers, even though that's not the dynamic that the ideally that is not the dynamic that police are supposed to have with their constituents or their the citizens that they, quote unquote, protect and serve. Right. But uh, but Herc, the, the funniest uh, the, the funniest scene to me in the this episode uh, is when he asks Lester if he can like if the orders can like come from him because like he's the star. Like he knows good and damn well. <laughs> Lester, as far as being a cop goes, runs circles around his ass. But mm-hmm. he still is like he he asks Lester that and Lester kind of gives him this look and Herc's like, yeah, no, I'm I'm (laughs) a fucking idiot. I just, I figured I'd ask. I figured I'd throw it out there. More so. I love that, that whole scene. And I have a clip of it, uh, is great because it starts off with like Herc getting this win, like Marimo is out Mm -hmm. and then it immediately goes into like, he's feeling good. (laughs) And then he watches Lester be like, also, so it looks like we've made no progress since I left. And he's just like, <laughs> motherfucker. Uh, I, I have this clip. Detective, would you get the door for me? Badass. <laughs> the target is still Mr. Stanfield. Did someone get the and door from for the look him? of things, we're no closer someone. to him than when I left here two months ago. Now, they might not let me go after murders, but they cannot <laughs> stop me from chasing the drugs. Perk, I want you on the paperwork re-requisitioning the wiretap equipment that Marimo shipped on down to ISD. We're going to need all of that to get back up. Lester. Yeah. Well, this is cool. Mm-hmm. What do you think you could do so that the direction comes from me? I mean, I am the sergeant here. <laughs> <laughs> Lester doesn't have to say shit to him in that moment. It's I very- like the idea that the, the way he phrases that is like he understands that he he doesn't even know what that would look like. So, yeah. no. so he phrases no. it so vaguely. He's just like, "Do you think we could do it so that?" You're like, what the yeah. fuck? Hey, is Lester- there a way to engineer this situation, which all the words that you're gonna say come out of my mouth first? Could, like, you, like- could you write write down the words? Yeah. What you want me to? What you're gonna do? Yeah. <laughs> and then I just say it, and you look at me and you say, "Oh yes, boss." Isn't Could that you right? do that? Isn't for that me? right? Could Sergeant we Hurt. like get together at your house like in the evening time after work, and like we could do some role playing? You tell me what to do, and then like I can be up here and like because I'm the sergeant and stuff. 
Uh, well, yeah, at the very it, least, at the very least, after every sentence, uh, you look at me and you say, yeah. "Is that all right with you? Is that all right with your <laughs> boss? Can you call me boss? <laughs> Give me back rub." I think it's not. I think you know you got to respect the stripes. I got the stripes. I tell you what, I make this incredible queso dip. You come over, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll role play. I'll make some kielbasa. Yeah. Uh, he, he makes his I'll give dish. you your own personal mug so you can scoop it out and drink <laughs> yeah. it like it's a cup of coffee. It's kielbasa queso dip. It's got a special ingredient, which I don't reveal to many people. But yeah, but me, let's just say I had kielbasa. to wash my dick in the sink earlier <laughs> in order to make it. Yeah, I I I love watching. I love you can't watching make Herc. queso dip without getting a few dicks dirty. Am I right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You gotta you know break a couple eggs. My not just like my grandpa used to say. <laughs> um, stupid stupid but uh yes yeah, so uh herc has a great episode uh just in terms of it goes from that to him like feeling dipped in shit as he said mm. uh feeling very lucky to um it ends with finally like uh, the internal investigations or whatever uh iid but yeah uh, yeah iid shows up and uh, I like that uh, the wire just has different acronyms from anything that we're used to on TV, but they never they never, never bother telling yeah. us no. that. No, no, no. But no, anytime no. they I, use one, I'm like, ooh, that shit's important. Like, yeah, I yeah, feel yeah, like that's yeah. all it is. It's just yep. a signifier. Yeah, yeah. All those are the, you know it's important because they do initials. Exactly. But like any other show, like Herc would be from uh, uh he he would have just transferred in from New York and he's like, Hey IID, that's uh that's what you guys call internal affairs. Yeah, right. In they would have done yeah, exactly, right? exactly. Just yeah. the worst fucking would, the like studio exposition. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, no, there's no hand holding here. Um, but yeah, uh, Herc ends up, uh, you know, and he does the thing where he takes the bullet where he goes like, you know, Sidna had nothing to do with this, the camera that was all me. And it's kind of mm-hmm. crazy to think that like this camera is going to be the thing that, uh, fucks him and makes what him no season longer. did he lose the camera? The, uh, this this is his second. It was lost, this. Okay. Yeah. His second lost camera. Oh, this is the second lost camera. Yeah. yeah this is round two of Fuzzy Dunlop. They decided okay. to run the Fuzzy Dunlop trick back again. Right. And it didn't work th- as well this, this time. time with with video because before the first the original Fuzzy Fuzzy number one Fuzzy the first was mm-hmm. just a recording device inside of a tennis ball. Okay. And that's from like season one or two. That's and see, that, I, yeah. I, I was like, I was like, there's no fucking way this is the same piece of equipment <laughs> yeah. he lost. Like, I could not remember where that happened before. So David there was Simon, one. He in loves season a one. slow burn. You like you don't, yeah. don't put it past him. Yeah, you know, yeah. I wouldn't put it past. He loves a slow burn. Hates being asked to do this podcast. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so you know, fucking feel bad for Herc, but also if anyone ever deserved. To no longer be a cop. It was yeah. Herc. Yeah. And we can see that in uh, kind of the way Randy's life is eventually ruined by the end of this episode. Technically, he didn't get Randy killed. He just got his foster mother uh, burnt. Horribly yeah. burned. burned. Horribly burned. Badly. And yeah. now she's Ugh. got to, uh, you know, uh, yeah, now he's, I think he has to move foster homes because of it. Pretty bad all the way around. But uh, but yeah, the reason that uh, Freeman is there over at the uh, major crimes unit again is because Daniels gave him that promotion, told him you can do whatever you want. But it turns out the one thing he can't do, according to Jay Landsman, is they can't open up the vacants mm-hmm. because that would increase the amount of uh, unsolved murders 
that uh, they had, it would fuck up their stats. And so now he's just stuck, you know, doing the thing where he has to try to connect drugs to business guys or whatever. Yeah, and he wants to, to follow the money. And everybody is like, don't do that, whatever you do, because yeah, stop money, the money. money goes upwards and upwards are where bosses live. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes we get that money. Yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, uh, I feel like, uh, you know, if I had one criticism of this episode, mm-hmm. maybe it's just my viewers bias in that, you know, they're playing off the fact that we know more than the characters. So like we know that Lester's right and all the bodies are in there. It still feels like they're taking much too long to come around to <laughs> Lester Freeman's obviously correct theory that uh, like he already proved his theory correct one time where he found the nail and he's like, I bet the body's in here and he was proven right. And everybody else is still like, ha sh- shut up, Madam Curie. We don't oh, know what yeah, kind of yeah, yeah. science oh, you're trying to pull here. Mr. Science genius yeah. thinks she can make bodies appear. But no. Oh, I you think, say yeah. when I put the water in the, ref- in the freezer, it turns solid? Okay. And yeah. maybe maybe it's because he's drunk, but Bunk even loses a bet on it. It's like, yes. Bunk, like he, like, what do you, Bunk was he already there. found your body, yeah. dude. <laughs> he already yeah. impressed you yes. once before. What are you doing, man? You yes. know he can juggle. Why is it, why would you bet him that he can't <laughs> exactly. juggle? Exactly. Yes, I, uh, I have a clip of that. Uh, I'm proud to be tasting Mr. Marlowe Stanfield. <laughs> man, you act like you're on the trail of Pole Pot or some shit. <laughs> Motherfucker, I got I'm sorry. I love that McNulty doesn't know who Pol Pot is. Even sober. <laughs> Even sober. He's like, huh? Collins huh? says we can leave here right now. Go to any boarded up row house with a nail like that in the door, and we will find a body. Make it twin. There you go. I'll take that 20 now, bump. I can't see shit in here. Oh man, I might. Pull out my wallet, reach in and pull out a 25 by mistake. I need some braille bills. <laughs> what is a 25? What is that? What is that even? A $25 bill? It's a denomination when you are so drunk you think it exists. Yeah. <laughs> He's just busting balls. He's like, He's oh, some braille it. bills. Just a drunk bunk, no matter what the context, favorite bunk. Best bunk. Is when he's drunk. Drunk bunk is just the funniest and the dumbest, and ah, just would love to be friends with drunk. Absolutely. Bunk. Mm-hmm. So my uh, so when I was in college, uh, my roommate Frankie calls me. He he got on a flight and landed in Chicago, and then he calls me and he's like, Willie, oh, uh, what's uh, what's that show you really like? And I was like, oh, I, I don't know, Frankie. He's like, the one about the cops in Baltimore is like, The Wire? He's like, yeah, yeah. Uh, the the one, Bunk, I sat next to him on the plane the whole time. And I was like, what? You did what? Yeah. I was like, Frankie, I already know the answer to this. Did you get me an autograph? Like, I, you know, that, that was like the one, yeah. that would have been the coolest thing. You know, we yeah. didn't have, it was before, like, there were cameras on the, yeah. on the you know, phones and shit. And uh, he's like, oh, man, I didn't even think about that. Like, he just, <laughs> he was like so excited that he knew who this dude was. He knew who Wendell Pierce was. And then, and sat next to him and talked with him about music and oh, life. They talked? And, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They oh. talked the entire time from Wilmington to Chicago, uh, which I don't know how long, like a couple hours maybe. Uh, and, and. And like he said, it, he was the nicest guy in the world. He was in town, uh, I think, filming. Was he in Idlewild? 
Uh, I don't know if y'all are familiar with that movie. Uh, I am but I familiar with the movie, but I, I never, think, I didn't see it. I think that's what he was in town filming. Mm. If I'm not mixing up the movies, because uh, Wilmington has a lot of, we have a movie studios here. They shot mm-hmm. Dawson's Creek and One Tree Hill here. Um, Hell yeah. My dad was in the film business for, for a few decades. Yeah, uh, Wilmy Wood. Yeah, Wilmywood, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, Do they uh, really call it that? Yeah, yeah, that's the really uh, nice. yeah, that's that's yeah, what, yeah, that's that 100%. Wow. Good, all right. Yeah, a guy named Dino De Laurentiis um built mm. studios yeah. here. Um Giada's, yeah, Giada's grandfather. Oh, yeah. Um yeah. and uh and so my dad He made uh Dino De Laurentiis Red Dragon. Yes, yeah. Yep. <laughs> I know sure everything did. about Red Dragon. <laughs> <laughs> I know everything about it. Are you, are you gonna? Is is that the next series where you you do like a minute we by minute only, breakdown yes, of that movie? Yes, minute by minute breakdown of Red Dragon. <laughs> of not Red even Dragon. any of the other ones. Not Manhunter. Right. That movie doesn't exist. Right. Not uh-uh. the show Hannibal. Not Absolutely any not. other iteration of Francis Dollarhide or you know fucking just no. Just, just the Brett Ratner one. Just the Brett Ratner, Dino De Laurentiis. Red Dragon, yeah. Ray Fines. You're a fine you head. You know, I am the dragon, that. but you call me insane. You are privy <laughs> to a great becoming. And that's the name of the pod. Pod yourself a great becoming. <laughs> and so uh, dad worked on the Ninja Turtles movies here. He shot Matlock a couple seasons oh, of that, yes. uh, with Andy Griffith. Uh, a lot of the Stephen King movies from the late 80s. Um, Maximum Overdrive, Silver Bullet, Cat's oh, Eye. Yes. Um, shit like that. So Firestarter he worked on. Um, nice. So yeah, the little little background, little little film stuff there. So yeah. we, we every once in a while we have uh, celebrities here in town that, uh, you know, people out out in LA take for granted but we don't get them very I often. I take them so. all for granted. Yeah. Has no. has Joe Biden ever gotten handsy with any of your relatives? Uh, what? <laughs> <laughs> what does that have to do with anything? He's a Delaware guy or no, he's a No, this so this is North Carolina. This is oh, North okay, Carolina. Right. Yes, yeah. <laughs> Wait, which Wilmington? Is there a Wilmington, Delaware well, too? Well, yeah, there's there's a uh, there's there's two Wilmingtons on the East Coast. So Vince, oh, sorry, I, I thought I was thinking of like the I Del- had a stroke for a second. Yeah, I yeah. was so confused. I, I thought I was having a stroke for but, a no, second. No, that makes sense now. But that, that makes, makes sense. sense why they called it Wilmywood <laughs> and not Deliwood. Yes. Yeah, yes, yeah, 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 yeah. Deliwood would have been perfect. <laughs> would have been perfect. Oh, is oh, that hey. Brent Flyberg? Hey. All the way from Wilmywood, I'm here. What's uh, up, dog? I, I, you guys mentioned Giada. Giada is the celebrity who I saw in public who I did not expect to be starstruck by, but I mm. like. I was in the middle of a conversation with a coworker, and I was like, get out of the way. I got to take a picture of Giada. <laughs> I saw her in an airport once, too. She's very small. And she's, she's a like, tiny little person. She, most yeah. famous people are tiny body, huge head. Yeah, she's like defines yeah. that. Yeah. Does, she have, does, does her smile as big as it looks like in, it is in person? A lot of teeth. <laughs> yeah, it's huge. Smile. Yeah, yeah that's what I was teeth, thinking yeah. of. Was yeah. she buying well, but, uh, tomatoes in a can? <laughs> Mm-hmm. Cans. She's uh, no, what? She loves cans. T- canned tomatoes. That's All the only right. thing I know about mm-hmm. Jada De Laurentiis. Yeah, Vince. What do you her. know? I no, feel like you have something to say. I didn't know. I was just yes, ending. Yep. Anyways, we should take a break, friends. <laughs> okay, guys. We need to make money. So in order to make money, you got to listen to ads. You don't have to. You can always just uh, go to patreon.com slash broadcast and subscribe. You get everything ad free. But until you do, it's time for ads. So stick around. We'll be right back. Hey, everyone. Matt Lieb here. Have you seen Chuck Norris lately? Not like around, you know, 
the block or whatnot. I'm not saying have you seen, run into him at your local grocery store. I'm saying, have you seen what his body looks like? He is still kicking butt and staying active well into his 80s. And what's even more shocking is he somehow looks more jacked than ever and seems to have more energy than guys half his age. And it's all thanks to Morning Kick, a revolutionary new daily drink from Roundhouse Provisions that combines ultra-potent greens like spirulina and kale with probiotics, prebiotics, collagen, and even ashwagandha. Just mix with water, stir, and enjoy. Unlike other green drinks out there, this one actually tastes like strawberry lemonade and has hundreds of five-star reviews. Since I started drinking Morning Kick, and yes, I have started drinking it. Why? Because they sent me some. And honestly, I've never felt better. My digestion is smoother. My body looks leaner. And I have energy all day. I just, I feel younger, even though I, I am a young man. I feel even younger, bro. Like, if you know anything about me, you know that I'm someone who is obsessed with gut health, all right? You know, I, I I drink kombucha. I like a I like a probiotic drink. I do all sorts of things to make sure that my gut is healthy. And I'll tell you, this is actually great for your gut, and it actually tastes good, which is not something you can say about kombucha. Let's be honest. And another thing I loved about it: easy to prepare. I love that it's just something you just mix with water and stir. I didn't have to like you know learn to make a culture from a scoby or whatever. Like I just had to. Buy some Morning Kick, mix it with water, stir it, drink it down. And it tasted great. So if you want something that tastes good, makes your digestion feel smoother, and make your body look leaner and give you more energy, try Morning Kick. Go to roundhouseprovisions.com slash pod yourself for up to 44% off your regular priced order. Plus, every purchase is backed by a 90-day money-back guarantee. So if you want to experience smoother digestion, a boost of energy, and just an overall healthier body, then go to roundhouseprovisions.com slash pod yourself today. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And we're back. Okay, hope everyone had a good break. Uh, talking about the MCU, not the Marvel Cinematic Universe, no. 
but the major crimes unit uh, and Lester, he is in charge of it and he has a bet. We talked about that already. So uh, finally, the episode, you know, at least in this terms of this storyline ends with Freeman uh, uh, being told by Daniels it's okay to open up the vacants because uh, Rawls tells Carcetti, like, we got all these bodies and it'll look politically good if we open them now as opposed to when they'll be your stats. And uh, Carcetti pretends that he's interested in doing the right thing. I yeah no but I I love the storyline because I think like the like your child's understanding of what like an authoritarian system is is that it's very rigid and that there's specific rules for for everything and when this is much more the reality of it which is that there aren't specific rules for everything and like most of the people lower down the totem pole they're paralyzed not by like very specific rules so much as trying to figure out which bosses they're trying to please yeah so it's like uh, landsman is landsman just assumes this is a bad thing because i mean it is a bad thing for landsman because yeah, uh, more bodies his means stats. his clearance rate goes down. Right. Uh, and in a vacuum, that would also be bad for Carchetti. But the reality is, is he just got elected at the end of the year. And uh, these stats are going to go to the year well, that Royce, Royce was yeah. mayor. Yeah, and exactly. so it's actually going to be good for him. And like even Landsman hasn't worked all this out yet, which is uh, right. But he also doesn't give a shit about whether or not it's good for him. He's going to make him Landsman look bad. Right. Yeah. For, for them to be open. Like if Landsman had his way. The bodies would just sit there rotting forever. Forever. <laughs> right. That would be preferable to having to like actually solve a crime. Um, or if you wh- figured it out and then got them out at the same time and then they all instantly went to black, then you're good. That's a I great guess. way of yeah. doing it. You know, that's a great that's way of doing do it. it. If I that's solve, solve the murders first and then discover all the bodies. <laughs> yeah. So it looks exactly. like you have so many. So I mean, you do. You have a bunch of solved murders on your uh, your stats. That's yeah, right. this exactly. this was such a perfect distillation of why I loved season one of The Wire to begin with, yeah. and why like when I was watching it as like a eighteen, nineteen year old, or whenever the the first first season came out in two thousand one. Yeah, yeah. two thousand one, two thousand two, something like that. Something like that. Like so, I was I was like eighteen, nineteen years old, and uh, or no, wait, uh, sixteen, seventeen, wait, fifteen. Yeah, I was like 16 or 17 yeah. and like watching this show and like seeing, I was like, man, I know how, I actually know how shit works now. You know what yeah. I mean? Like it's all about statistics and yes. numbers and shit. Yeah. And like, I felt like I had the inside line and this was like seeing, seeing every level of it with them on the ground, actually like Lester looking at the nail in the wood to Rawls talking to Carcetti and mm-hmm. seeing like every step of the way of what right. it takes to actually do police work and right, like to solve do the crimes job. and shit. Yeah, You've been it was it was beautiful. It's like it's yeah. like the most perfect distillation of what the wire is supposed to be about. Yeah, it is, and and it's uh, it's what makes the show I think uh, still uh, hold up and relevant. You know, uh, now because you just uh, you see nothing the way that a new day never comes is just it's almost like tale as old as time there's nothing that's ever going to be more evergreen than politician comes in promising the world and then the reality of the system and the bureaucracy that they're uh operating in 
stops them from doing any of this shit that he says, despite yeah. the good inten- uh, intentions. Uh, Which, I was watching. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. No, no, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, I was going to say I was watching this great interview with uh, Vladimir Putin mm. uh, on um, Twitter because uh, Twitter only feeds me Putin videos. I don't know if this is everyone else's they thought Everyone just assumed you're a Russian bot. Yeah, I guess so, yeah. but mm-hmm. like even bef- before all of the me talking about Israel online, it would only feed me Vladimir Putin videos. In fact, if I pull up Twitter right now, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna pull it up, and you're gonna see only Putin videos. Okay, for me page. Okay, videos. It's just big boob hentai <laughs> pictures, and then Vladimir oh, that's, Putin. No, okay, so this is uh, people. That's Antifa. Um, let's see. This is a Putin video. No, this is Antifa again. Okay, sometimes it only sends me Antifa. But the point is, I was watching this great interview with Vladimir Putin, and he said something that you know I agreed with, and it's that we got to invade Ukraine. No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> no, he's, he said something along the lines of like the American bureaucracy is kind of uh, one of the things that keeps them down. Now he was saying this in like saying that in favor of his sort of totalitarian system of government, which is also not good. Um, But you do see that things like Obama coming in, wanting to close Guantanamo, you you know, he still wanted to close Guantanamo when he got the presidency. He wasn't lying about that, but it's just realizing that he couldn't do it because of the nature of the system we have set up makes things impossible. And it's uh, this show is all about how broken systems stay broken and need to be broken in order to function, <laughs> uh, which makes no sense, but also all the sense in the world. If you think. Yeah. About it. And, uh, and, and they echo that with the, uh, the $54 million shortfall and the education mm-hmm. budget. And yes. also like I, the one moment in this, this episode uh, that I thought was kind of a weird tone that they struck was mm-hmm. when Lester, I forget who he was talking to. Mm. Uh, maybe it was maybe it was Bunk that he was talking to, where he says, uh, "Well, I, I don't know. Like it's kind of, it's a new day downtown with Daniels in charge. Like he he is like as long as he was stuck in like the evidence room or wherever he was before yeah. he got he got pulled out of it. Yeah, it it seems like he sh- he should be broken of the notion that there will ever be a new day by now. Yeah, yeah but things are going good for him. Like he's just had sure, a couple. Sure. He's just had a run of good luck. And when you right. have a run of good luck, you're not like the first. You're not quick to question it. You're like, yeah, oh, maybe yeah. Uh, you know, maybe. maybe things have changed. Yeah. But you see very quickly uh, how and why things aren't going to change, especially in the scene where Carchetti is stuck. um, You know, he's asked the governor. The governor is treating him like shit, not, you know, fucking like making him wait for hours. But he finally has asked the governor for some money and he's sitting around with his like, you know, um, cabinet at the mayor's office and discussing the... uh, the options that he has it's either you know take the money and uh risk not getting elected as governor in two years or don't take the money and uh fuck over literally the entire school system <laughs> yeah uh and uh, here's that place. yeah i i, I enjoy it and instead of being fucked up and broke our schools go back to being merely fucked up price the governor's asking is more state control over the school board and 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 changes in the teachers union contracts that would allow them to remove tenured faculty for cause ouch take the money we need it yeah. 
No. Oh, don't look at me. If you take it, you're selling out the teachers, and that's my base. If you don't take it, you're selling out the kids. Either way, I'll probably rip you and half the council will too. Just glad I'm not the mayor. She's so hot. <laughs> she said, "I love man. She's I I like so hot." <sighs> I had to like put a pillow over my lap when she uh, she no. said that line. Step I was at on work my too balls, watching this. <laughs> I, I made me wish I had a sink in my office. <laughs> Suddenly, suddenly I want to be in charge of a budget, you know? <laughs> I know. Dude, please rip me in half. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, uh, you know, you see that moment where he's like looking at people who give a shit, uh, who happen to be black, uh, both, you know, the um, school board person and the uh, and his one of his campaign managers, uh, Norman. Who are just like, take the fucking money. And then he looks at, uh, you know, Mr. White, <laughs> who is like clearly his uh, bigger picture political manager, you know, is his DNC guy who's just like, don't do it, dog. Yeah. Don't do it. We'll find a way to spin it when all the school children have to, you know, eat their books or whatever. You know, like <laughs> we'll find a way. Which is the point is, is you got to be governor in order to make any changes around here. And that is the game that keeps getting played throughout is it's like, if I just do a little bit of wrong for long enough, I can get to a position within the system mm -hmm. so that I can finally make change. It's and, uh, effective altruism. It is effective altruism. And yep. guess what's not effective. <laughs> oh. Oh, 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 it's more like Sam Bankman jailed. Mm. He's not free. So moving on. <laughs> Uh, this is who's what you're missing, a, late night hosts. This who's is you, the guy? Uh, who's his right hand man? Carcetti's right hand man. The, that's Norman. Norman. Yeah, Norman. Norman yeah, yeah I, I couldn't remember his name. I love that actor so much. He's so good. He's yeah. so good. He was in the movie Airheads. <laughs> was he, he was really? Pro probably his most famous role. Yeah, he played uh, one of the DJs that was. You know, that was. It's about Brendan Fraser and Adam Sandler and. Oh yeah. Who else? Steve Buscemi, they're in a band and they like they they hold a radio station hostage. Anyways, he has one of my favorite lines. Ooh, he's also in The Mask. Sorry. He's in The Mask? Was... Yeah, sorry. I just uh -huh. had, I had to blurt that out. You were about to tell me your favorite line. Oh, well, his line was, uh, back off, man. You step it on my dick. <laughs> <laughs> Which I love that because I was like, what? How big is your dick? <laughs> he's all the way over there. Out. Um. But yes. No one has ever looked like he smokes more than Reggie Cathy. Like he, he just has like the everything yeah. about him screams I smoke a lot of cigarettes. Yeah, definitely. Cigarettes. He's so cool. Yeah. Um uh, a little bit yeah. of trivia when Carcetti mm. has to go to Annapolis um yeah. and he waits all day. He's he's got him out there riding the wood. Um mm -hmm. and they are about to leave and the security guard stops him. That is the outgoing Republican governor of Maryland at the time. Bob what? Ehrlich. Yeah, mm -hmm. that was the actual governor. Look at that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I love my... So I used to... This is some nerdy, lame-ass shit I'm about Get to tell nerdy. you. I used to just read trivia sections on IMDb for movies I'd never even seen before. Well, so like, wow. I, I would know about all sorts of 
like shit about the films without ever having seen like I knew more about Star Wars than most of my friends that liked Star Wars and had uh, never seen the movies before. Uh, just because yeah. I would read the trivia, I just thought it was interesting shit. So I had to run to IMDb and check any trivia on the episode, and that was one of the things it said. I love that. I love. I love. You know, I I I've never wanted to be the guy who knows trivia. But a version of that is I always I like to be the guy who tells you when someone just died. <laughs> That's my favorite type of guy to be. Like when I find out someone just died, I go, ooh, 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 I got to text somebody. Yeah, text you, you, have a, yeah. you have a group text that is just yeah, yeah, that, yeah, yeah. that. It's that, called just died. Yeah, it's just just died. Yeah, obituaries yeah. with Matt Lieb. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I just start telling people who, who died because I want to be, you know what? Because like someday I'm going to die and I want people to be like, oh, Matt Lieb died? Mm-hmm. Man, I remember that guy. He told me when Heath Ledger died. Like, I want people to remember that. You know, you you, you, you can don't start forget a, me. You can start a new podcast called the Obituation Room. Oh, yeah. I love it. That's With it. With my wife. Yeah. Okay, but we got to move on to other storylines that happened in this episode. One of them being Naaman. Now, oh, Naaman has quite the story. Is not a gangster. He no, he's not. So he's got he's a, scene a wankster, with, so he's to speak. Indeed, a wankster. He has a scene with Kennard. Um, sadly, Kennard is like the worst actor on the show, but it's fair because yes. he's like. I don't know, eight. Yeah, he's uh, the youngest he's child tiny. out of all of he's them, tiny. but he does such a good job of being a little bitch yeah. that I'm like, yeah. he's still good. Yeah, he's he does a good, good job of making you want him to get his ass beat. Like, yeah. you're like, oh, I cannot wait for Mike to beat the shit out of an eight year old. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so Canard uh, tells. It tells uh, Naaman that uh, the package got the taken by the cops. You're sitting out here watching, yeah. watching money walk away. About to have a day off. Package was stolen, eh? What? Out the back of your basement? They kicked my motherfucking door, and that's how they do. How the police know where you even be keeping your stash at? Some snitch-ass bitch. That's how they know. Mm. I'm gonna find his ass, too. <laughs> makes him fist bump him that's so good like <laughs> listen I, I i agree with you that he's not like maybe like the greatest of the kid a- actors but he is also lying through his fucking teeth yeah, yeah. he's punking the shit out of naaman right there because yes. he knows even even though he's way younger than naaman is he knows naaman isn't built for this like he yes. already senses that yes yes which is why when naaman eventually does confront him he just steps to Naaman in such a humiliating way exactly. where he's just he's just taunting him like, pisses, I know you're not going to do shit. Pisses Michael off where he, to the point where he loses his shit on him. Yeah. yeah and, uh, you know, it's any other show. I think they would they would like walk by his house to see if the hinges were actually off. But like sure. the wire never offers you any. Uh, knowledge of whether Kennard actually stole this money or what right. happened no, to it. They're yeah, just yeah. like, it doesn't matter. It doesn't yeah. matter. It's all it about perception. It, it, exactly. It doesn't matter. And, you know, they're not doing anything to sway you either way. You pretty much know that he's lying because it's such an obvious lie. Um, and the point is, is like when faced with an obvious lie, when someone is so obviously punking you, 
Naaman, this is where you literally have, it is part of your job to beat the shit out of a child right now, <laughs> which is an unfortunate part of the job. Yeah, his mom tells it. him that. Like, his yes. mom is like, you need to go kick this kid's ass. Like, this child, this small, the second grader. Go beat that <laughs> second grader's ass is basically what she says to him. Yeah, and it's quite, that's quite a scene too, and I, I have that. feel some pain for what he did. He got to. I don't. You don't what, motherfucker? This how you pay me back for all the love I show? I've been kept you in Nike since you were in diapers. I'm trying. You trying, huh? That's what you gonna tell your father the next time you see him? That you trying? Or you gonna tell him what you done? What he done got him locked up. Nice. That's right. We Bay walked in Jessup a man, and he gonna walk out one. But you out here, wearing his name, acting a bitch. <laughs> oh, look at you, crying now. Acting a bitch, like it's, it's, so devastating. So bad for him because, like, I also would cry. That's yeah. the thing about Naaman. Yeah. He's so relatable because I'm like, I would also cry. Yes, I would like to be known as tough without having to do tough guy things. Exactly. Okay, exactly. Well, that's why you have henchmen, though. You know what I mean? Like, I know that's, that's why you, you like. I feel like oftentimes the boss is is uh, is not tough. They've yeah. just convinced everybody that they are, and they—that's why you—that's why you have the the comical henchmen that do all maybe, your dirty work. Maybe so, but in the game, it does seem like you. Maybe you know if you've been around long enough, like Prop Joe, you probably haven't had to lay hands on somebody in a while. In a while, yeah, yeah. Keep but hands like clean. you know, Marlo is—you know—you don't see him uh, like doing violence in the show very often, but you know that he's capable of it just yeah, from yeah. Well, he's also, the look of him. He ordered a security guard dead for, right. you know, stealing... Uh, for, 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 for... Yeah, for lecturing him. him. To, yeah, for lecturing him about stealing candy. And he, yeah. 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 For, for forcing him to see him as a man. <laughs> he was like, yeah. he's got to go. Um, but yeah, no, Naaman is like... The thing about Naaman is he couldn't even handle the prop Joe like guy who doesn't do violence, but has henchman job as is, you know, the, I think that's revealed in the scene where Naaman confronts Kennard and Michael is the one who ends up having to do the shit. And he fucking freaks out on him. He still freaks out at Michael, but here let's, I'll show you this scene. Picture doing, I seen the door. They ain't kick shit in. How you going lie? Go on, man. Yo, where the pack is at, man? Package up my ass, Gump. Y'all my thing. The belt to go on walk, Gump ass motherfucker. Say dag. <laughs> Great Foley artist there. Y'all yeah. was talking too goddamn much. Go ahead, Nay. Get your pack off this bitch so we could go. I ain't want it. I ain't want it. Damn. I mean, because Kennard, rough. yeah, he knows how to. He knows how the game is played, which is like the beginning of that scene. He's like, he knows he's gonna get his ass beat. There's no, like, that's a hundred. It's a hundred percent. So, like, his the one thing that he can do is to stand tall in the face of getting right. his ass beat and maybe gain a little bit of rep from it. Right. Yeah. And uh, and you know, and he also is. He knows that um, Naaman, if he does do anything 
it's going to be weak shit anyways because Naaman just doesn't have it in him. He doesn't yeah. have, like, the violence in him. What he doesn't count on is the fact that Michael is a fucking sociopath. Yeah, seriously. Uh, and there's, there's a line uh, where, where Naaman is asking Mike to come along with him to yeah. make sure things don't get out of hand. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah. I love that line on the, on the second yeah. watch. I'm like, uh, like, just it makes me want to, when I go back and watch this season, I'm going to, like, pick out all of the lines. Where, like, uh, Naaman's constantly trying to act tough because, like his mom said, he's out there wearing his dad's name. Right. And his dad's got a reputation. And so, like, his his is just like it's the perfect example of the the softy that that has like has no choice but to act hard you will you will die in this environment if you yes. don't uh, but he's given your circumstances so, he's so soft like even prop joe knows enough to you know when when old face andre comes to prop joe for some help to like hide him like he knows he's got to sell that guy like prop joe right. he has the stomach to sell other people out he may not oh, be yeah. killing you himself but he knows how it's got to go down and Naaman doesn't even have Naaman doesn't even have the stomach to delegate beatings. He saw beating and immediately flipped. Like he was traumatized from seeing a beating. Yeah. Yeah. And he took Kennard's word for it and was just like, he wasn't, I I mean, I sweated him, Mike. Like he wasn't trying to play him. I said, for real? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Like he he just, he did not even do his due diligence at all. And again, so relatable, so relatable as someone who has been took multiple times trying to buy drugs. I also am like, no, I just got to sit here. And eventually he comes back with the drugs. (laughs) He said he was going to bring him. He said he would be right back. And I gave him the money. And if he's a good businessman, (laughs) why would he do that? If he wanted Matt still waiting for these drugs to this very day. Still to this day, I'm waiting for these drugs. Got fucking $20. It was literally, I didn't have enough money for what I wanted. And I had 20 and he gave it. He said he'd come back with some of it and he didn't come. Anyways, point is, is that I am very much relating to Naaman, at least in the issues of being a bitch. And I also, I see Michael this whole season has been watching Naaman just uh, puff his chest out and pretend Mm -hmm. to be a gangster. And like, I think he knows he knows that Naaman isn't one, but he also didn't realize like the depths of Naaman's like bitchery. Well, he, I think he was also hoping that Naaman might grow. Yeah, he was hoping Naaman would step up because it is kind of a lonely place that Michael is in, in which he has to. He's like the only one who is like, like now going to be about that life. I mean, and he didn't want to do it either, but you know, he did it. Yeah, I, I, it I don't actually good. think Michael is a sociopath. I think Michael is someone who does he's feel, rational. and I think he's rational. And well, he he's just also, the most competent person in the of the kids. Oh, for yeah, sure. He's the most competent. At, I mean, he did fuck up in a way, but he uh, understands in, what like the situation he's in and the life that he's in, and he understands that this is like you. Naaman cannot be out here pretending to be this thing like he can't be half a gangster he's got a lot of resentment towards Naaman because Naaman has Naaman's uh family's reputation precedes him and so Naaman gets by on that without having to actually do anything and Michael has no nothing Nothing. protecting him whatsoever so he he has to actually be legit about it he has to be about that life and like if if Naaman didn't puff his chest out there would be no resentment because he doesn't he like Michael loves Dookie right and Dookie Mm -hmm. is like when when Randy got his ass kicked and Michael started helping him in that fight Dookie runs away literally runs away because he knows he is not 
not that that type of dude. Right. He, and he Michael knows, Michael's yeah. completely fine with that. Right. Exactly. Because yeah. well, Dookie yeah. doesn't pretend to be anything else. I exactly. mean, Michael's key, the key component of his character is that of them all, like he learned earliest on that you can't trust someone just because they're being superficially nice to you. Right. And like none of the rest of them, they they're all struggle with that lesson to stomach to some extent like you know yeah. uh naming just oh well canard said the cops came and and right. like randy like when police and cops come with them and they're like it'll be okay if you just tell us what happened like right. he, he believes he them believes because them. yeah he 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 didn't learn that lesson not to trust those people right uh, quite as early and as deep as michael did yeah the worst thing about naming though at least in michael's eyes i think is seeing how fake all of it is with him yeah like Michael sees, like he's he knows that he's kind of full of shit, but like the way he shows up later to the gym, uh, and like just pretends to be tough once again, as if Michael d- didn't just yeah. yesterday see him walk away going, I didn't want it, I didn't want it, like after he did the dirty work for him. So, and then he sees him kind of like picking on um, Dookie and just he can't take it anymore. I have a clip. Man, yo. I feel like I can just pancake a younger right now, you know what I mean? What about you, dude? Want some gum? No, I'm gonna work this rope. Yeah, you working it. Like a gum. Oh, like a gum. Oh. 12 seconds later. Man, I said you's a gum. Fucking dull shit and smelling ass nigga. Hey! The worst part about it is he doesn't even beat up Naaman. No, he, he slaps, slaps him like a bitch. He slaps him. Naaman's like beneath that kind of a beating. And the worst thing is that Cuddy doesn't recognize how much Naaman had it coming in that moment. Yeah. 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 And I, you know, I think Cuddy is also, um, Cuddy's a little bit sick of Michael too, though, in a way, because like Michael does come in there and he doesn't open up and he doesn't like, you know, he's just not. He's not yeah. like he's, he's not, not letting anyone teach him. He's yeah. not willing to be mentored and he comes in and then he does violence against this little bitch. And, you know, like you, you're not supposed to do that kind of violence inside his gym. And and Cuddy feels bad about it is the thing. Mm-hmm. Cuddy feels terrible that he chewed out Michael. Um, and then in probably the most like, well, I guess this is the road that has been chosen part of uh, Michael's whole arc. Uh, Cuddy gets shot <laughs> trying to yeah. and uh, there's like reason a, with him. There's like a moment where Michael realizes that Cuddy is the one he maybe should have trusted all along, yeah. but yeah. he only, he only realizes it after Cuddy's been shot. And at that point, Cuddy's like, uh, it's too late. I mean, yeah, I, I, I was reading Alan Seppenwall's review and his read on it was that like, uh, Cuddy was like mad at, I don't think Cuddy was mad at Michael in that moment. I know. I, don't think, so I think he was just like, you know, you got to keep doing what's in that kid's best interests and hoping yes. like it eventually takes. Yes. And what was in that kid's best interest in that moment was like, no, you don't want to be, you don't want to stay here and be seen with As me. Weak. 
Like no. go be with your boys. Like you already yes. made a choice, and you've you, made a choice here. You and can't like, fuck the gang that's protecting you. Exactly. You you cannot be here any longer. You need to go. Don't worry about me. I'm still alive. <laughs> so. Yeah, it was like a last. It was like a last gesture of goodwill and yes. like kind of like an apology of like, hey. I've been down this road before. I know I know what the dynamics are here. And there was like when when Cuddy like backtalked the dude that that shot him and then the guy just steps up and just pops him in the leg. It's yeah. like that like I, I feel like it was it was kind of like an old meets new uh way of going about business, which is mm-hmm. just like back in Cuddy's day, maybe like you you know, you, you didn't just pull the gun out every like at that you know at the drop right. of a hat, it was right. it was like such an escalation in that moment that yeah. uh, it, it felt like two worlds kind of colliding there, and and Cuddy like letting giving Michael like one last piece of advice, which is like you you either commit to the the whole all the way or not, you know, right. like exactly. plus you can't have one foot in both. Cuddy's whole persona is based on being the guy who would kill the other person in the alley, right? Uh, but he's changed. Uh, like he's changed into the guy who people know won't pull the trigger, but he's still acting like he was the same guy he was when he was younger, when like him yeah. staring somebody down like that, that would have had weight because they would know that. Yeah. He would don't come fuck after with you. this guy. He will kill yeah. you. Yeah. And now like, that's all, that's all gone. They don't right. remember. Now he's shit. Montel and everyone's like, no, I can shoot Montel twice in the lane. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, Oh, right. I forgot. Forgot. I was Montel now. Um, he's but pretty also, blase. Like that could have hit a femoral artery. And then you're no, fucked, I know. But, yeah. I mean, shit, he was going to shoot him in, in the head, finish him off. But Michael stopped him. Yeah. And I think they both did each other, you know, in some ways favors. Right. Yeah. Cuddy was like, you already did me a solid by not letting the guy shoot me in the face. Yeah. 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 Like, that's all you gotta do go with your people plus i got this korean guy he's He's yelling at me i think he said you know a slur like i don't know what he said (laughs) something korean something he does not like um and meanwhile you know carver is talking with the with bunny about how naaman is you know kind of in a in a bit of a pickle himself because now he has been called out as a bitch in front of every the whole neighborhood kids yeah and um and his mother straight up was just like put that little bitch in baby booking <laughs> which you know it's nice to have a mother who wants to keep you focused and stuff but sometimes i think mothers go too far I mean, can we agree on that I yeah so, yeah yeah they just sure. don't understand parents just don't understand man mm-hmm. um omar real quick getting into his whole thing um i just say that it's a great storyline because it just leads to this Wonderful plan that they I, have. I so I'm curious about this. Okay, why would Omar? He has followed Cheese. Cheese has just gotten has like 200 grand in a or I don't know what was it 170 grand in a backpack. Mm. And uh, instead of choosing to rob that, he goes to the drug shipment and takes all of the drugs. Because that hurts way more. Yeah, yeah. But why is he? Uh, because once he has the drugs, as we're going to see later, um, he is going to uh, also get the money by selling them the drugs back. <laughs> sure. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So like- He got a little complicated for his own good, let's just say. No, but I think it's not about, it wasn't about him, you know, 
being rich like it wasn't necessarily i mean i think it sort of was obviously they are doing it for the money but they're doing it also for just the sheer and utter humiliation of like oh sure. you tried to kill omar in prison you put a you put this whole elaborate scam together yeah. because i fucking robbed your ass at a card game mm-hmm. and you know fucking now i'm going to steal the entire shipment from you i'm gonna fuck all of you because yeah. that that and hurts likes, way worse that's what he wants to do is have sex with the man that well, that's right. He loves to well, he loves to fuck men, yeah. but in multiple ways. That's right, Vominos, yeah. Naldo. I love that line. Yeah. <laughs> he says that. That's my. Fa- I was like saying that back to myself after I. Well, that's what's that. so funny because it's Vominos, like Naldo. Michael Vominos. K. Williams like plays this character so fucking well that you it's believe perfect. all this theatrical shit. Like on the page, this this comes off uh, like when uh, Max Fisher writes the gangster play in Rushmore. <laughs> Like, yeah. Vamanos, Naldo, and like, like you could see, like that is a, that is a hundred percent a fucking Max Fisher play, but it's uh, perfect. It's Omar perfect. can play the shit out of it. But watching Omar put this plan together and realizing he's getting like the whole gang back together, he's getting his old like crew back together in order to do it, and you're going like, so how's he gonna do this? It starts off with uh, I forget the name of the character, um, but. Uh, the one whose girlfriend got shot, uh, I think last season, um, shows up doing her classic thing of pretending to be high hooker and and <laughs> yeah. d- doing it just long enough to distract somebody. Uh, it was it was very Looney Tunes. Yes. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It yeah. Was, it, which Bugs which is, with is perfect on. because that's where I'm sure you guys have talked about this a million times, but like mm-hmm. that's where a lot of people think uh Omar is whistling is is from right. or, or, or they think it's Farmer in the Dell, but it's actually Elmer Fudd a hunting we will go. Yes. Um, yes. But it's yes. it's very Looney Tunes esque. And the plan itself is it's the most uncomplicated plan in the no, world. No, it's yeah, it's which is just unco- like <laughs> dangle some keys over here, it, and then we all descend you, uh, descend on you at the same time. Yeah, yeah. Then we'll bring some Mexicans in, and we're like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> we come here for I hear paint. For, I hear for paint. Everyone's yeah. like, oh man, these Mexicans are always showing up trying to paint. Trying to paint shit. <laughs> here, here's, here it is. Kiss the bud. I just lay in the sick. Listen, the get plan. Get up. Everybody get up. Oh, fiends get are up. always doing this in the middle of our shit. I hate when they're freestyling. Let me get a 10. I need a 10. Get the fuck out of here now. Oh, I suck your dick for 15. Chick ass bitch, I said get. Who are these idiots? Who are these idiots? Who do you think? Oh, Let me get a 10, please. What the That's fuck is this? In the harbor? Yo, what the fuck y'all think you doing? We painters. See, we bang. Move the van out the way. Oh, you gonna like what I got, so. See, we paint. We paint. (laughs) Just the simplest plan. It is truly. It's like they could have. They could have. Like the equivalent could have been just like throwing a pack of firecrackers uh, like into that lot, and then everybody drawing their guns on them, and it would have had the same effect. Yes. Yes. Not as not as stylish, obviously. Yeah, but Omar's not as well. For the theatricality. His yeah, whole exactly, thing is exactly. theatrics. That's yeah. his favorite thing. So he's like, okay, you're going to come in. We're, we bought you a costume. You're going to come in <laughs> looking just like a like a Which, total fiend, but like a sexed up, like sex worker theme. 
and like you're gonna come in you're gonna be like uh i can rap and i can suck your dick and they're gonna be like oh this is normal it happens all the time no lady and then mexicans are gonna show up that's act two they come down and they just say we bang we bang and we go like oh they will clearly not think it's a trap because Mexicans be doing this all the time. I love that David Simon made uh, the gay gangster really into theater. I know. Like, I know. It's, it's like, it's, it's, like, it's, it's like, really? Come on, David Simon. Really? Like, <laughs> I think, you know, you know if you're going to do this type of character, we've said this before, but like, I like going like full throttle on yeah. like. But he's, he's a Western fucking guy. He's, he's it's like being a, in a Western, but also a gay Western, but also an <laughs> urban Western. It's yes. beautiful. It's perfect. And I love uh, Cheese talking to Prop Joe about it because Cheese is just fucking has some of the funniest lines. This is so good. Here's a clip. Fuck out, Joe. Put it in the van the Mexican niggas rolled in. I ain't hearing about no resistance. Man, what? No time for that. Omar had one of them commando squads with him, man. I mean, he had this one hoe pulling guns out of pussy, um. The shit was unsafe. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Also, his line, uh, "Oh, y'all some semper file motherfuckers." Oh, ain't yeah, you? yeah. Like that's that is such a such a good line. Which he's going to enlist, and yeah. then nothing yeah. but silence. You can tell Method Man was early in his acting career because it's like he gets some good lines, and he just he needed like an extra beat to let everything land. But yes. he's like, yeah, he he's switching gears too fast. It's like when a comedian does like his material like too fast you're like ah just wait yes. one more beat and it would have landed yeah make it make it natural yeah. yeah but you know he's still kind of in his like uh what was that movie he was in how high how like, high with red man fa- yeah phase of yeah. acting you know mm-hmm. where it's just like the sitcom comedy as opposed to prestige drama comedy. yeah it's like canard doing yes. like what you talking about willis acting it's kind of yeah, yeah. No, he, he wasn't he wasn't comfortable with like letting his face do the acting and like kind no. of like he needed he needed to say something uh yeah. to fill those silences he was reaching for a button before it needed one yeah. um last two points in this episode that need to be talked about um one they're both sad there, the two sad things that happen in this episode is, of course, uh, the episode ends with Randy, um, you know, uh, getting his foster mother's house firebombed. Um, you know, not much to say there other than, like, this is where it all, you know, led to, you know, fucking from Lil Kevin telling Randy to... One goddamn prank phone call and those cops that were supposed to be watching his house were out of there and they knew... Cops are not good at their jobs, bro. (laughs) Um, Terrible. (laughs) Alan Seppenwall had a a pretty good rundown of uh, just like breaking down what happened Mm -hmm. uh, to Randy. And I just wanted to read that for you just because I thought it was a nice uh, encapsulation, like recap. Um, It's staggering the number of inadvertent things that had to happen to put Randy in his current predicament. He had to be out in the hallway when the two boys needed a lookout for their blowjob party. The boys had to be so cold to the girl the next day that she called the cops. Prez had to take Randy's problems to Daniels instead of Lester. Carver had to feel guilty for having outgrown Herc instead of just calling Bunk directly. Omar had to call in his chit with Bunk and Bunk had to piss Crutchfield off enough that Crutch threw out Carver's eventual phone message. Mm-hmm. Prop Joe had to tell Marlo to steal Herc's camera. Herc had to frustrate Sidner so much that Sidner walked out of the little Kevin interrogation before Herc gave away Randy's identity. Bodie had to convince little Kevin to come clean to Marlo and Snoop had to speak up to convince Marlo to reverse his decision about letting Randy off clean. 
Uh, and on the bitter irony scale, Randy had to be so terrified of losing Miss Anna that he turned snitch, which set off this whole Woody Woodpecker chain of events that led to him losing Miss Anna. Yeah, um, that's about right. That it's a is, lot. It's a lot. Yeah. There's a, yeah. But like I, I said, this is like one of the wires, like most brilliantly like uh, Seinfeld-esque uh, yeah. inter- interlocking storylines yeah, that sure, totally sure. comes together on every level and pays off. Not yeah. in like a happy way, but right, uh, exactly. you know, like, in a way to show you that everyone's incompetent and uh, institutions are crumbling and yeah. that you shouldn't uh, trust any of them. Yeah, I did. it makes me wish that I had spliced in the curb theme at the end of the episode. <laughs> uh, because uh, it really does all lead up to that moment. It really does, yeah. But it is not a happy one. I, uh, uh, yeah. When I go back and watch this, uh, just a little background. So I've, I've been a foster dad for the past two years. Mm. Um, and uh, my, me and my wife have been foster parents. Bye. And uh, so uh, when... <laughs> Perfect. It's exactly what I needed in that moment. Thank you. Uh, so, like, I just watching this episode, dropping back into it, and remembering Randy's whole story arc and the foster parent and stuff. That shit's gonna get me. Like, I'm already like readying yeah. myself to like go back and watch this season from the beginning and and kind of. Did you watch uh, it with your foster child and be like, No, this I have is not. why no, you no, don't no. trust the cops. <laughs> this is why you don't snitch. Yeah. Well, I will so, get firebombed. I have had those conversations with. I'm also a step dad to three boys so i have had those conversations with uh all three of my my sons and with my my foster son as well um about talking to the cops and not talk more actually not talking to the cops um uh unless you absolutely you know no other choice but when it's with um, me you admit everything when you're with the cops you admit (laughs) nothing exactly uh Yep, that's exactly Damn, right. Damn, you're making me feel like a bitch for how much one baby is taking it out of me. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, you, that's uh, that it's it's a different. Once they get uh, like a certain age, it's a completely right. different type of tired that you get. Yeah. Um. It. But the, what you're going through right now, I wish on no man. You know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. F- for sure. It's terrible. I mean, I love her so much, but why can't she? She's the just... greatest thing that's ever happened. She's to the greatest thing yeah. ever happened. And it's to me. awful. I'm, and and I'm going to drown her in the tub. It's... <laughs> I love her so much. Oh, no. Uh, but poor, poor, poor Randy. Uh, you know, he uh, gets his shit. And then it ends with, you know, him uh, yelling at Carver. You're going to look out for me? Like he's doing sarcasm at, mm-hmm. at him at the yeah. end. And it's just so, it's so heartbreaking. And, uh, it's so like uh, childish and, and impotent that it like is uh, very affecting because you're just like this is how a kid would would talk down to an authority figure like this like yeah. he's just he's just gonna fucking be sarcastic at him. Um, another totally sad thing is Bubbles storyline um, mm-hmm. with Sherrod finally ends in tragedy in a very I think foreseeable tragedy. Um, he asks uh, a bunch of other. Uh, homeless drug addicts what to do about this guy uh, the bad boy who's been beating him up and stealing his drugs and they're like poison the drugs which um on on its face seems like a good idea um but then knowing that Sherrod also shows up sometimes to do those drugs yeah well it was kind of a foreseeable Fucking tragedy. It seemed like yeah. a really good idea when he was planning it out. I got it. Sure. I know. I thought it was great. He had like a little like Breaking Bad moment where he's like in the lab, like with the mask mm-hmm. on and shit, and like doing chemistry and 
And uh, yeah, it was it yeah. was a it was a really good plan. Like he's standing around with those other dudes, like you know, trying to figure out which which chemical or which poison to use. Yeah, and uh, yeah, he they, does have a good like drug addict brain trust. You know, you think like they yeah they really assembled a good team there for sure. No, it was a good team. It was a it was a think tank of drug addicts who were like, here's the best way to kill other drug addicts. And uh, it what you know it would have. He, they, he would have gotten away with it if it hadn't been for the meddling other drug addict friends. Oh. Um, and Sherrod uh, does the cyanide and dies. And just it's just like one of the most tragic fucking scenes in the show because of all the horrible shit that has befallen Bubbles this entire season. And just, you know, one of the guys And it makes who, you as a, as a viewer even... Even as a viewer, like Sherrod's death gets way outweighed by Randy's story. Yeah. So it's like underlining that, uh, you know, this is a thing that's going to be terrible for Bubbles and like no one else is going to care about. No one's going to care. Yeah, Only Bubbles has to live with it. And that's what one of the addicts says, you know, like it's easy to kill someone who's already in the business of killing themselves. You're the one who has to live with it. Yep. And he just didn't know how he would have to live with it, you know, um, you know, if it goes wrong. Sure. And it does go wrong, and it's very sad. And that's the fun, fun episode of <laughs> The Wire. Is there anything I missed? A favorite scene, a least favorite scene, something that you guys wanted to talk about before we get out of here? I mean, uh, we had... A, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead, Vince. I mean, we had a, a slight lake trout here with... Uh, Fried chicken, lake trout... Lake Trout. Our Lake Trout this week was uh, Polak Johnny's, which is a yeah. uh, place that Bunny Colvin goes to eat a hot dog. Um, not much more story than that, other than that it's a, a historic place that sells hot dogs in Baltimore. Except if you go on their website, they have an inc- like one of the longest About Us uh, pages that I've ever seen. Oh shit! Yeah. Um, I don't know if you want me to read like a little bit of it until you yeah, get tired. Yeah, give it a little excerpt. Uh huh. Once upon a time, there lived a poor little kid named Johnny. He oh, was a boy. true Baltimorean <laughs> who had a natural ability to turn a buck. In the mid 1900s, when John was growing up, the country was fighting World War One, mm-hmm. and the economy was lean. He got through the hard time selling shoestrings and gadgets on the corner of Lexington and Park Avenues. <laughs> gadgets. John, John's what nickname kind was of Whitey. Gadgets? Whitey was an incredible opportunist. As time marched on, he found his way usually are. <laughs> to the local carnivals. He set up a booth and created unique midway games. His games always looked easy to win, and the prizes were better than anyone else's. This mm. always angered the, mere, the more seasoned vendors, and they would mumble under their breath. Occasionally, when it got real busy, Whitey would return a nickel or a dime extra charge, and word quickly spread that he couldn't count change. Okay, this is taking a long time. <laughs> what is, how does, it, how does he eventually make a hot dog? <laughs> it's, it's so long. Uh, Cut, to mer- <laughs> Cut to end. Cut to end. Okay. Uh, mm. Then one magical late afternoon, he plugged in his frying pan to fix himself a hot dog. As the fragrance filled the room, it cast a spell on the pinball wizards. When Johnny looked up, his counter was filled with hungry faces. Alas, he figured what was missing in his arcade, the delicious aroma from carnival food. Needless to say, Johnny sold his lunch and brought the rest of the pack in the next day. When he went through that pack in five minutes, he decided to make that his new game, Hot Dogs and Lemonade. 
he decided to specialize in Polish sausage so he could use his nickname. He created our work sauce and scored the Polish with little cuts. Later, those cuts became our logo, and in 1921, a new sign was being hung at Polak Johnny's. Polak Johnny is my name. Polish sausage is my game. Uh, I, was, I knew that was his game. Mm-hmm. That is- it's a great biography. That is quite a lot. Yeah. And I would love to try it, especially if they still cook it the same way with a plug-in frying pan. Yeah. And scored scored outside. I, I do like the scored. That's good. It's yeah, a nice idea. one. It's scored. More, you know, you add more surface area. You get more char on there. Duh. Yeah. Delicious. Um, um, yeah. One, one scene that I, I, I really enjoyed, probably my favorite moment besides Herc uh, talking to Lester about being able to be the one giving instructions or, or directions, is, uh, is when Presbo is in the class. And the awkward conversation about intimacy, and he's like, he's like, the, he means like getting it on. He's like, well, not just getting it on, but like, yeah, if yeah. you tickle your partner, and it's like the most awkward <laughs> fucking example of know, intimacy. Know, he could, it's like, oh, you're a freak. You are, you're a weirdo. You are. So he's like, people ask him why he gets married, and he's like, sometimes you want to tickle. Yeah. <laughs> It's like it's like, uh, it's like the most the the most like adult trying to explain shit to kids thing ever. And then the the my, but the favorite my favorite moment is when he's facing the blackboard and the kid says you tickle these nuts. Yeah, tickle these and nuts. he like he has has to like get a straight face on before he turns around. Yeah, I, it's yeah. like I feel like that was an outtake that they kept that he just yeah. laughed at the line naturally. I feel like that was a much more realistic reaction than. Oh uh, yeah, absolutely. There's two episodes ago where they're playing with the uh, the tape measure. Tape and, measure. And the kid does the brilliant trick where he lets it fall and hit the other kid <laughs> yes. in the nuts. Yeah. And Presbo immediately gets mad. Where I was like, I feel like in the real world he would have to center himself to keep. He from, would have immediately cracked up. Yeah. There's nothing like that. Remains a classically funny thing to do to someone. Yeah. Middle schoolers, them. which I yeah. believe that's the age that they're it at is. right here. Right? Yeah. Creators, yeah. The kids are the fun funniest in middle yes. school i'll yeah. give you a, i'll give you a quick example uh my mm-hmm. middle son uh i, I got a, a my wife forwarded me a voicemail All one right. day and uh she she says does do you know what this means or what this could possibly mean i listened to it and it's like an assistant principal and she's like hey just want to let you know kylan's fine like everything's good but he uh was sent to the principal's office he he got in trouble today he had to go to in school suspension for putting stickers all over the school and I'm like stickers. She's like, do you like what stickers could they possibly mean? And I was about to, I was about to say, I have no idea. And then suddenly it hit me. I knew exactly what he got in trouble for. And a few weeks earlier, I had somebody over at my house helping me uh, work on a boat engine. Right. Um, mm-hmm. I'm very, I'm fabulously wealthy. I have a boat in my driveway. Um, and and he was, uh, he was helping me work on the boat, and he needed like some some car you know cleaner or something like some brake fluid so it's like I, i've got some in the garage so i, I go in there uh i find a, a bottle on the shelf and i'm walking it over to the guy and as i start to hand it to him i look down at the bottle and he takes it out of my hand and i see on like in big bright neon letters for rectal use only <laughs> on the side of this carb cleaner and i'm like and, and he's already taken it out of my hand and i just like i am i'm speechless i'm so fucking confused it's it, this bottle of brake cleaner's been in the garage for like years at this point and and suddenly like i put the voicemail together with that memory and realized that he had ordered because he had like a few bucks on an amazon <laughs> gift card he ordered a 
a roll of a thousand for rectal use only stickers and had so put good. them all over the fucking middle school on anything vaguely shaped like a dick. So like we're talking like bananas in the like in the cafeteria. We're talking uh, like uh, like fucking markers, like, you know, dry erase board markers. Uh, somebody's bow in the orchestra class got one put on it. Uh, so, yeah, he I'd got in trouble for so that. So proud of and, him. And yeah. Like he got in trouble at school. I could not punish him at no. home because it was so fucking funny. Too good. Yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah, that, it's. Uh, I love that. I love. Move. This is why I can't wait for my child to be middle school age. Yeah, and and I promptly seized the roll of stickers from him and then took them to work and did the same thing that You're he did right. at school. Yeah, uh, I, I just put them all over everything. You know, people's power <laughs> tools and shit. Oh, oh, kids. Kids do the darndest things. They're the best. <laughs> so if I had to give this episode a letter grade, and I do, it's a law. Let's see. One of the best episodes from one of the best TV shows ever made. I'd give it a B plus. Vince, what did you give this episode? Mm, tough one. Yeah, I'm going to have to go solid B plus, too. Oh, surprise. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Will, what would you give this episode if you had to give it a letter grade? I, I thought long and hard about this. I, I came up with a grading rubric, um, scored it, uh, watched it multiple times, um, and uh, came out to a B plus. Wow. wow. Yep. I mean, yep. at least you, you know, measure twice, cut once. That's what mm-hmm. you exactly. Say, you know? That's right. That's right. Well, I think that counts as a solid B plus episode of The Wire and a solid A plus 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 episode of Pod Yourself The Wire. Will slash Christy Yamaguchi Maine. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast and talking about The Wire with us. It's my pleasure. Thank you for so much for having me. This is of this course. is the first time I've done a, a rewatch uh, podcast before, and nice. um, losing my virginity to you guys on The Wire is is uh, is a dream come true. I we like it. to take it slow, you know. We like to take it slow and then stretch you out. <laughs> well, where can people find you on the internet? Uh, you can find me uh, at the Wapple House on Twitter. Um, that's W A P P L E H O U S E. Um, you can listen to Jort Center, uh, the Jort Center podcast, which is uh, uh, Country Living Magazine's number one rated North Carolina uh, real, uh, based podcast. Love um, it. Yeah, we yeah. like. Five years running now. Um, <laughs> it's the only podcast about North Carolina, uh, Wilmington, North Carolina, in particularly, not okay. Wilmington, Delaware. Um, mm-hmm. And so, yeah, listen to us on there. Um, it's a, about a lot of stuff. So, hell um, yeah, I can't really describe it without it sounding like the worst thing ever. You so, don't even have to. That's yeah, the best yeah. kind of podcast. Is the one that it's just about us talking about stuff. Exactly. Exactly. Well, be sure to check out Jort Center and follow. Christy Yamaguchi Maine at Wapple House and the Wapple House. You're both of them, right? Yeah. So I uh, I got my other account back. I had like a backup account that I had to start using, and now my main account is now my backup account. So uh, yeah, right. either one of those you can you can find it. You'll find him on the internet. Uh, Will, once again, thank you so much for coming on the pod. Thank you. Wires. Patreon.com slash broadcast. The $8 tier gets you a shout out. And this week we have five street names that will be given to these wonderful $8 or more patrons. Vince, are you ready to give a street name Mm -hmm. to these Mm -hmm. peoples? Yes, yes. Okie doke. The first is Sean Smith. Hey, hey, we call this guy BYU because that's a 
BYU ass name it's or the a cougar. Yeah, I like it. Mm-hmm. Uh, next is Mary Jo. I think that's. I think the J's are pronounced like eyes because it's Eastern European, so it's Mario Sergei. Oh. That's what, oh. I would, that's what I would guess there. Okay, I like it. Mar- Mar- Mario. Not, so it's not Mary Jo. <laughs> Mario. I think it's Mario. It could be Mary Jo. I'm, I think it's Mario. Let's uh, go with it. No. Uh, yeah. Calling him Igor, because that's what you call... Or no, sorry, it's Boris, because that's what you call... Boris. That's what you call Russians on the I wire. love it. Yeah. Why always all, Boris? Why always Boris? Beautiful job. Uh, next is Stephen Parker. Stephen Parker? More like Peter Parker. Call this guy Spider-Man. Oh, simple probably, yet probably effective. Probably used that before, but I don't care. No, I don't think so. Uh, next is Ryan Raymond. Hey, that's two R's. Hey, mm-hmm. uh, Ryan Raymond. It's more than uh, more than one R. Mm-hmm. We're gonna call <laughs> this guy Reach Around. <laughs> Reach. Around. <laughs> I don't know why. Very I said good. That. That's good. Mm-hmm. Just the it's- first thing that popped into my mind. Oh, love it. Lastly, but not leastly, Cooper Recrut. Cooper? What's this guy do? Make barrels? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Call this guy Donkey Kong. Donkey Kong! Cooper makes barrels, and Donkey Kong, he smashes those barrels. He smashes them. Yeah, I brought it together. It's all right. And if you want to hear your name and street name shouted out on this very podcast, go to patreon.com slash broadcast. If you haven't heard yours yet, and it's been a while, you like, you know, you know that it takes sometimes we pre-record these episodes. It takes a while, but you still haven't heard it. Uh, make sure to email us and tell us, hey, I haven't heard my name. I signed up. What the fuck? Uh, broadcast at gmail.com for all your questions, comments, and concerns. Vince. What is the Google Voice number? 415-275-0030. All right, everyone. Don't worry. We'll be getting that mailbag episode happening soon. But until next time, if you come at the king, you better not not miss.
pick again. I don't know, maybe I will. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue. All in the Kroger app. Get three pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.